Welcome to the Unified Endurance Podcast, episode 168. Have you ever been to an event, been given a t-shirt and gone, I don't either like the look of this and I'm probably not going to wear it anymore, or I don't need another t-shirt, so why do I? Why am I given another one? Why couldn't I opt out not to get this t-shirt? Well, today we have on Jamie from Trees Not Tees, who is going to share a bit about the environmental impact of giving a t-shirt out at every event and what that does but also what the future of that looks like. And it's a really interesting conversation. Jamie's really knowledgeable around the area and uh, really happy to be able to, to bring this to you and maybe make you think a little bit differently around how you buy your running clothes, what you buy in terms of your running clothes or cycling clothes. And, uh, and when you go to events, maybe asking a different question around what you get for the finish. Before we do that, I want to remind you, we're brought to you by Hoka. Hoka Shoes, on the weekend I did an off-road triathlon in Musandam, which is in Oman, for those of you who don't know, and uh, the, it was a trail, so it was an off-road triathlon, which involved um, a swim in the sea, a mountain bike, and then a trail run, and I thought, knowing the trails of Oman, being on them a few times, I know they're not muddy, uh, it won't have rained, and you know it won't be slippy, so I wonder if I can use a road shoe. So I actually took two sets of shoes, I took the Speedgoat 5s, which is uh, Hoka's fast trail shoe. And I also took the Rincon 3, which is a shoe we talked about on the show a few weeks ago. When I got there, I asked a few people what they were wearing. And uh, when I looked at the course, and it was quite a hard-packed gravel course, and I thought, you know what? The Rincon 3, that they've now made a more durable sole, which they've made to make the shoe last longer, but it also actually gives a little bit of grip as well. I'm like, this is the great, this is a perfect shoe for this kind of course. So I wore the Rincon 3. Um, and it was really nice to run on some off-road terrain, but in a road shoe, and uh, and get the the feeling, the the nice light feeling of of such a quick road shoe, but with a little bit of grip as well. Was really really happy with it. And actually, when we go to Kenya and run the the red carpet, as they call it over there, we also wear a road shoe on that. And a lot of the the best athletes in the world wear road shoes when running on the red carpet. And so I thought it can definitely be done. And I'm really glad I did it. So. If you are looking for a new shoe to try, maybe go check out the Rincon 3. Extremely versatile, durable, and very lightweight. And what they're saying is a great summer shoe here as the heat comes up because the, the tongue material is made out of really thin material so the, the foot can breathe a bit more in the shoe as well. Also brought to you by Precision Fueling and Hydration. And I can also say with this race on the weekend, I use their products, of course. And what I actually did was put three of their gels into my bike bottle, along with um, obviously some water and a hydration tablet to make up my race fuel. It's quite a short race, so I didn't need a lot. And uh, it was actually the perfect way to do it. So every time I had a chance, I just grab, went down and grabbed my bottle. I'd take a drink, and I knew I was getting in roughly 10, maybe 12 grams of carbs per mouthful, or sorry, two mouthfuls. So Per time, I, per time I took this bottle, and by the end of the, uh, of the 30k mountain bike course, the bottle was empty, and I knew I was sufficiently fueled to do some running. I then had two 30 gram gels with me on the run, I took both, and stomach was great, and had awesome energy throughout the race. So, can't recommend precision fueling hydration products enough, and if you want to try some, you can, and you can use the code RUNSTRONG23 on their website to get 15% off. Right, we've got a really interesting show for you guys today. 
I really hope that it helps you think a little bit differently around your impact on the environment as a runner, as a cyclist, as a triathlete, as an endurance enthusiast. Um, Jamie also recommends a few different books in there that he forgets the name of, but that's okay. We've got links in the show notes that you can go over to and hit that. And then while you're over there in the show notes, if you could give us a review, we'd really, really appreciate that. And if you could share the podcast to a friend, even better. Thank you guys so much for listening. Here is the show with Jamie from Trees Not Teas. Jamie, welcome to the show. Hello. Is this your uh, debut podcast or have you been on a few others? This is my second podcast, actually. I've been on I've been on one more. Uh, which uh, take it yeah so yeah hopefully hopefully much better this time uh, I would say yeah room room for improvement but uh, as you'll as you'll gather during this I I talk for a living and sometimes uh, I I talk for pleasure as well so uh, hopefully we'll uh, we'll 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 not have to make this a double episode that's a good mix for a podcast Jamie you've uh, you have a really interesting initiative um, that actually came across you when we were recording a show with um, Dave Bone and sometimes Rob and other runners of the show go off and talk about non-interesting things to me. So I just go on their websites and start looking at various things. And one of his partners came up, which was Trees Not Tees. And it made it made me click and uh, I went and had a look. And yeah, why don't you tell us a bit about what you do and what Trees Not Tees is? Yeah, brilliant. So D- Dave's a great advocate of trees, not teas. And uh, as I jokingly mentioned, if I can be twenty percent as interesting as uh, as Dave is, we're onto a we're onto a winner here. So trees, not teas, was set up by uh, our sort of co-founder Jim Mann, who is a legendary record-breaking trail runner, Dragon's Back winner, and uh, the reason I wouldn't confess to me anything like an athlete or even an elite runner when uh, yeah, the top of the tree is is that accomplished, but. Uh, yeah, basically, the, the the base of the initiative is you go to a race, you finish, you're handed a, a bag of, uh, you know, whatever food you may not eat. You get given a T-shirt that you may or may not ever wear. Uh, and yeah, that's that's not great for the environment. Uh, a T-shirt itself, other than just the energy it takes to produce, is about sort of two and a half years worth of drinking water for one human being. And if you imagine the end of a race, you have 10, 15, 20, 50,000 people all being given a t-shirt. You know, if it's, if, if it's uh, you know, a big marathon, I nearly dri- name dropped on there, but if it's a big marathon that you've been training for a while, I'm sure you're going to love to wear that t-shirt. I've got plenty of race tees myself. I normally wear like cotton ones from races that I enjoy as well. It's those that you don't choose, you don't opt for. Uh, and the impact of that, the scale of the waste there with them just ending up, you know, at the back of the running drawer, if they're a particularly gaudy design or a, a particularly cheap, horrible T-shirt that doesn't even feel nice to run in. Uh, so yeah, the the sort of vision with with this initiative was the impact that we could have, not just taking that uh, you know that unwanted piece of merchandise out of the system, but also replacing it with uh, the planting of a the planting of a tree. So it's quite interesting because running is obviously so environment environmentally friendly. If you're running, you're not sat in a car or other mode of transport that um, uses fossil fuel but on the other hand then it's creating an actual environmental don't say disaster but it's creating an impact on the environment and so you're doing something good followed by something that you don't even actually probably most people don't want to um, create that impact on the environment so is there a way so you're going in and saying to companies 
we'll plant a tree instead of or give people an option to plant a tree instead of taking the race tea. How have the companies reacted yeah. to that? I mean, uh, it's been great. The the traction we had early on with uh, with some sort of uh, and, and it tends to have been led by trail runners. Uh, the, the the city races are sort of catching on. Eventually, uh, we had people like Centurion, sort of James Elson, very legend, who who was an early adapter of of, of what we do here. Uh, but really, they're wanting to give something that you know advertises their race. It gives their sponsors something back. Uh, it gives them a reason to, uh, you know, to support them, dependent whether it's a, you know, a local 10K or or one of the bigger marathons. Uh, and we offer that. So each each person gets a uh, like an individualized certificate. It'll have the race logo on. It can take a sponsor or sponsor logos. Uh, so they're physically getting something. It's not that we're just taking that tree out. We're replacing it with this, you know, digital tree certificate. Uh, and really, when you... Uh, when you talk to racers about it, when you talk to organizers, big and small, they want to be working with something like this. Uh, there just hasn't been anything there, anything to facilitate. And I'm I'm just the same. When I enter a race, I kind of expect something back for it. Not just the fact that, you know, people are put on this race and there's going to be water stations and there's going to be, uh, you know, there's going to be half a banana and some jelly babies in it for me. There, there needs to be uh, that sort of, there's always that expectation that you're getting something back. So yeah, being able to replace that has been, I guess, key. And yeah, uh, a lot of people just, uh, you know, a lot of the interest comes inbound. We've had some great kind of ambassadors early on. People like Damien Hall, you know, recent uh, spine race winner, uh, is a, a you know massive advocate of what we do. An ambassador and his his wife Amy does a lot of the marketing and outreach for Trees Not Teas. So uh, it's really embedded there in uh, in in a lot of the sort of races we've been working with two, three years now. Uh, and we're now seeing a lot of the bigger organizations and a lot of the bigger events coming to us and, and wanting to partner. So it's it's sort of in a in a really good place at the moment. I was gonna say, do you have any figures on how many of these t-shirts would be produced in a year across just the UK or, or is there any numbers that you have that you can throw out? I would dread to sit there and calculate that. That is not something that I want to know. I, I, I <laughs> guy's absolute the, dream to do. <laughs> yeah, it's basically, a, yeah, it, it would it would show the amount of impact we could have by replacing them. But if you think that sort of, you know, some of your bigger marathons have up to 50,000 people going in them and that's one every couple of weeks, if not uh, big races all the time, it'd be into the hundreds of thousands, if not, and I don't want to start using seven figures uh but it'd be high there what we have and, and figures wise we have around uh, and it goes higher but on average about 20 to 40 percent of people uh will opt for trees not teas and that can be whether that event has marketed it really heavily or whether it's just there in the registration where you uh we basically add on as a t-shirt size so you have you know select your t-shirt medium large extra large oh i can plant a tree instead that's cool uh, and a lot of the time it's done, like I say, with little sort of fanfare. Uh, there was a recent sort of study uh, published in Trail Runner magazine that actually quotes Trees Not Teas, and it said that 92% of trail runners would like to have Trees Not Teas as an option or something, or the equivalent, you know, something equivalent to what we do. And a lot of the time it's just not there for them. Now, as, as mentioned, if I'm if, if I'm running, you know, the, the length of Wales or, uh, you know, doing the, the Pennine Way or whatever, uh, you know, absolute mad feat it is. I'm probably coming away from that with a T-shirt myself. But 
when I'm running my local 10K here, when I'm doing the Sheffield Half Marathon that I've run three or four years now, I don't need another T-shirt. So it's also not just keeping that T-shirt out of existence. It's giving the choice and, and, and allowing an opt-out and not just having it thrown at you at the end of the race, which just seems so doubly wasteful. Yeah. What, what would you do, mate? T-shirt or not? Spartathlon. Uh, it's interesting. Spartathlon. Tattoo. Uh, yeah, well, you get a medal for that. But I, it's interesting because I was thinking about this. There's some races that I've done that they give you medal and T-shirt. There's some races that just give you medal and there's some races that just give you the finisher T-shirt. But it's of a higher quality, I guess. So it's something you would keep and you wouldn't throw away. Um, I'm, I'm trying to think who it was. It was Ultra X, I believe, had an option that you can get, not get your finisher medal and you can plant a tree instead. I think they had an option for that, which I opted for, um, for Tanzania, which we're going to in June. Um, yeah, I, I love the initiative. Absolutely love it. And it's, I know it's, it's maybe just a very, very small thing, but you kind of can stand pride and go, yeah, do you know what? I planted a tree somewhere. It's yeah, that's it. a and little bit, with- just that little bit. Yeah, with, with what we offer, you get the sort of uh, what three words geolocation. So you can physically see on a map where your where your tree's been planted. Uh, if you want to uh, buy, you know, as sustainable measures possible, go and find it, hug it, <laughs> take a picture with it, you know, do whatever, do whatever you want to do. Uh, did, the, only, the, the, only dis- the only disclaimer I'm giving there is what three words is a, a three meter square. And sometimes we're planting at two meter densities. So there's two trees in that square, hug them both. <laughs> Don't want you going home disappointed. How does that work logistically then? So who's going out and planting these trees? When are they planting them? How does all that work? Yeah, how big's your garden? <laughs> yeah, I, I have four trees in my garden and they create enough leaves and uh, and, 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 and mess during the, uh, during the autumn that I'm not planting them all here, unfortunately. Uh, so the Trees Not Seas is part of the Future Forest Company. Uh, and we, as my role sort of spans both, uh, we plant native UK trees on... Uh, land that we own it is all our plans and our uh, sort of optic land approach is is done by the ecologists foresters and, and and sort of peatland experts that we have here uh but to plant at the scales that we do which this winter i think is just towards the six hundred thousand tree mark uh that is done with uh with with external contractors so we will go in plant the trees and then at sort of a three month period within three months of them being planted somebody will follow up take a physical photograph log the species uh and then that's sort of part of the uh, you know the maintenance and inspection kind of round that that we do when those trees go in the ground so planting at big scales uh and that goes from uh, you know with future forest company it's working with corporates uh and, and working on tree sponsorship there's the similar certificate mechanism but also companies just come to us to plant you know in the tens of thousands of trees and then future forest uh, sorry then trees not teas uh, obviously working with racers it is impressive how big a slice of the pie trees not teas is and how racers like uh, Loch Ness Marathon that's been with us for a few years the Yorkshire Coast 10k uh, and, and other big races that were really adapters have, have already planted sort of you know two four eight thousand trees with us so wow. it does have a really big impact even from that single choice and that's what I absolutely love about it it's one person makes a choice collectively a race can a race can sponsor the planting of sort of you know two three four thousand trees mm. you should have a race soon through the forest 
we actually had uh, so the, the thing is at the moment, obviously, as we're planting, these are sort of you know, uh, I'm making hand gestures on a podcast. Uh, the, as, as the saplings go in, they are like a, yeah. a foot, two foot tall. Uh, eventually, we will do. There are there have been races on our sites. We held uh, and hosted the Impact Marathon on our Glen Arras site on the Isle of Mull last May. Uh, that was certainly an amazing weekend where uh, the Saturday people were planting trees, people were removing. Uh, you know, invasive species from the top of the hill, rhododendron, things that are sort of bad for the general ecology. Uh, and then on the Sunday, everybody went off and ran a marathon, half marathon or a 10K. Uh, there's also coming up now the uh, University of Stirling Demiat Hill race, which is a, a race that has gone up and down the Demiat Hill, uh, which is which is part of our site. So whilst we're not realistically hosting that, we're allowing them sort of, you know, uh, and as is in Scotland anyway, and as is with our sites right to roam, but, you know, helping to facilitate that event. So there are a few that we're doing. I would love to have a uh, a tour of all our sites. Like a, there'd be, you know, some are, some are larger, Glen Arras and Demiat, for example, are big sites. Uh, there'd be somewhere we'd struggle to do a 10K if we did free laps because they're a slightly smaller sort of uh, planting plan. But yeah, I would love a kind of Freeze Not Tease marathon series. That would be amazing and mm. something I've got absolutely no time to uh, to produce, but in my head <laughs> is an amazing, uh, it's an amazing event that went really well. So. Brilliant. So it's obviously something that runners, I think you said, but then at the start, it's more the trail runners want to be part of that initiative, but probably they want to be part of a bigger initiative, which is to be more green and to help the environment. What else do you see in running that we can be doing to be greener humans? Greener humans. I mean, uh, the ideal or from a, a carbon basis and i always say it's better to be a hypocrite than to be perfect because being perfect would be absolutely boring because near enough everything you do has an impact uh but yeah if you can travel less or travel by more sustainable means so if you can get there by public transport by train or bus rather than you know each individual driving to an event in their car car sharing and things like that are amazing and i think the running community and running clubs are, are, are great for that because you've generally got a load of people en masse from the same place going somewhere, whether you are going across the country or even into a different one. Uh, that's certainly something that can help. But I am not like talking down anybody from, uh, you know, from going and running UTMB or from from going to uh, whichever tropical place. Uh, there's an initiative called the Green Runners uh, that was set up by uh, my predecessor, Chris there, who, who, who ran Trees Not Teas before me and, and Damien Hall and, and many others, where it's, it's again about sort of eating less dairy as your fuel, uh, about aiming towards sort of uh, initiatives like that. And and what they'll say is if you are going to a if you're going to a race in, you know, the other side of the world, make it your weeks, two weeks holiday for that year, not just zip in, zip out. Again, it's going to be hard for for athletes like Damien who want to be the the best in their in their field, but being the best in their field means they've got to you know, take transatlantic flights. So I guess it's just having a, uh, you know, a realistic approach to what you can do and, and lowering your impact where you can, but also, you know, making sure you were you were enjoying the outdoors, enjoying your life uh, and, and enjoying the, you know, the participation in running because we're not here certainly to, uh, to stop people from running. That's far from, far from what we're about. Yeah, there's actually a race, the GB Giro, which is a, a bike race, um lands end to ton of groats, I think. They uh they have a no fly policy. So and I'd never heard of it before actually, but yeah, they said if, if you fly into the race, we won't let you race. 
I was thinking, how do you do that? Like, <laughs> how do you get there? For us, we'd fly to Paris and then get the <laughs> yeah, get the ferry over or something. Or cycle there. Yeah. It's it's interesting. It's yeah. because I suppose once you, you remove t-shirts, that's the, the possibilities are endless, right? Because there's some some races that we do here locally that you'll get a race t-shirt, you'll get a medal, you'll get a bag. And in that bag, there's loads of products from the local supermarket that they give you that you rightly say you use maybe yeah. one of them and then the rest you give away to someone. But you could stop at nothing with this. You could stop medals and plant another tree. You could stop the bags and plant another tree. It's, are there any plans for yeah. growth in that sector? So in, in that, we, we have worked with races. The tree's not teas. It does, I think the name sometimes makes people think it can only be for that T-shirt. Yeah. Uh, with Brighton Marathon, for example, this year, we're, we're offering uh, the planting of a tree for the T-shirt and the medal. So realistically, you can opt out of both and take two. Uh, equally, uh, people will email saying we, we don't give away a T-shirt, but we give away a buff. Can we replace this as well? Absolutely. So from our side, yeah, you can... Uh, you can replace whatever merchandise it is. Uh, there's also a lot of traction, and this is my past life into the sort of corporate events world. We've partnered with like Brighton SEO, so every attendee gets a tree rather than the bit of event merch you'd expect for going to a uh, going to a, a conference, and that's a big growth market for us. But in terms of the race itself, if you think about what you've just described there, you get given that medal. You can you can at the point of medal say no, thank you, mm. uh, but then somebody's there with a bag, and at, at which point you end up just I'm just taking this. If at the end of the race there was all of that laid out and you were able to go and choose what you take yourself and then the rest goes to a, a you know a food bank, a homeless charity or whatever, that would make sense. But as a uh, and again, past life in the sort of corporate events world, everything is done just to be easier on the day. So they have fifty thousand bags packed and they just throw one at you. Mm. So I think a lot of the what scares people is the time that it would take on the day to organize. Uh, you know, offering that out, and then, I mean, the local, uh, the local tango here. You go up, you've got your, uh, you know, you've got your number. They highlight, you get a highlight. I press an X on it. You've had your T-shirt. It's not that hard. But when you've been running this, organising this race for 10, 20, 15 years, and you've just done it the same way, the biggest impact you can make is just by sort of smashing that mold and going right. How do we do this in this way? How can we make sure that we're not just giving people a load of you know a load of food they're not going to eat piece of you know a tatty t-shirt they're never going to wear again uh, and just thinking about it from that perspective obviously to go to a a carbon negative or neutral sort of uh you know event is not going to happen that, that is just no event those those happened during covid there was no carbon from events because there was no events that's not the world that we want but it's just thinking about things slightly differently giving people that option and allowing them to choose you will find that People will choose the right thing. They just don't have the, they're just on a sort of set of rails in registration or in at the end of that run. And they just end up taking things they don't want yeah. and using things they don't need. So if they had the choice, they'd make the right choice. But at the minute, not enough people have the choice. Yeah, that's it. An education of that choice. So a, a big piece of, of the, the growth for this year is to make sure that we're races are speaking about was in the run up. Uh, had an example last year with the, uh, with the big half where they came back after the events and realized that people had registered sort of eight, six months in advance. They get to the end of the race, they see everyone taking a T-shirt, they go to take one and they've got a little, uh, you know, a little mark on their T-shirt saying this person isn't having one. 
in the, in the post-race endorphins, they get a little bit flustered and like, where's my t-shirt? Rah, rah, rah. Then they realize, oh yeah, actually I did choose that really amazing thing to do. So I think a lot of it is keeping the narrative up of, of, of you know, messaging them two weeks out from a uh, from an event and saying, you know, thanks again for picking this option. You yeah. chose to plant a tree. Uh, and that will only increase that kind of, that take up of whether it's trees, not teas or, or, or other initiatives where you just turn down the medal. Uh, there's a few races and, and one that I like to go to locally, the, uh, the, the Rosselback events run by a cool guy called Eric and he doesn't give t-shirts. You can buy one. There's the option for goodie bags, which are, you know, you can choose vegan or non-vegan. So again, it's just giving people that choice really is, is key to it. I think the, that where does it, is it always going to be trees? Could be bees, not bags. Bees, not bags. Important for the environment. But where do you think it? Where do you think it's going, mate? With is it always going to be you plant a tree, or do you think it can? This can go to a point of okay, when you finish the race, we you know you can have a bigger impact, maybe with helping the local community that have just let you run in their place. Like for example, London Marathon. Could there be an initiative where? the food, I don't know what they give you at the end of London Marathon, to be honest, but where you could say, okay, I want to donate this food to a food bank. And so you have different strategies for different kind of races or what, where do you see it going? Yeah, there's definite growth there. I mean, on the, on the three word alliterations, if it didn't mean I had to go and, uh, it's like a passion of mine, but it would probably mean going and working for the, uh, for the UK government at the minute. And that's not one thing I want to be doing. Uh, <laughs> there's all sorts of ideas, trees for attendees, Plants, not pants. Uh, you know, it can. You can sit there and mute <laughs> them. Dangerous one, that one, mate. Uh, a very, yeah, a very dangerous one. So hopefully, no cactus or, uh, or or spiky tropical plants involved, especially. Uh, but no, it's again, we're not limited by what that is uh, across our sites. So just as 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 trees, not teas, we're starting a biodiversity sponsorship product where it is basically the real wilding protection and enhancement of the areas that isn't planted in trees. So when we when we plant a site. Uh, say Demayat, for example, about half of it is tree planted. The rest of it is left for natural biodiversity and all the things that would happen if that woodland was still there that we're essentially just replacing. Uh, so there are products like that that we can bring to it. So it doesn't always have to be a tree. It can be something else on our sites. Uh, bees would be a hard thing. Uh, it'd be cool to, uh, you know, I don't know. I, you can put a hive there and then every runner we put a bee in, but that just seems like... No, you have to hold one like single forcing. bee and let it into the wild. Yeah. <laughs> I think, I yeah. Think. Yeah, I think uh, I think we could get like you know, and, and internally we do get really silly when we're thinking of these ideas of how we can how we can basically get people to sponsor uh, what I'd say is doing the right thing. Uh, but yeah, in terms of with races, yeah, absolutely, there's there's options that they could and should be putting into their uh, their option like that. Donate that food to local food bank. Uh, choose not to have this uh, and and replace it with that instead. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, again, I've seen races starting with sort of a paying it forward initiative where you can pay for essentially somebody else to then come later and who may may or may not be able to afford it, take a, uh, take a race option. So there are some really cool initiatives out there uh, and we need to be, uh, you know, speaking on platforms like this and talking about the other, the other things that people can do. Absolutely. Amazing. What else can we do? Because um, you, you're obviously in this world, mate, of, of making the environment better place or saving the environment what what else can we do that's pretty simple and speaking around you know all of endurance athletes and 
I think there's some smart things like making your commute, your training sessions. And um, as you said about travel to races and stuff, but what about in terms of kit and being mindful of what you're buying from, you don't need to name any companies, but be mindful of what you're buying from which companies and how, how can you look into what you actually are wearing and as a runner using and actually figure out whether you're making good decisions for the environment or not. Feel free to name the worst company if you like that. <laughs> if you don't name them, we will. Yeah, my my personal legal team, and I'm sure the company's legal team would not be uh, would not be interested in me naming uh, the five companies. We don't have a legal team. To mind. <laughs> We're good. Yeah, no, that's it. Okay, you're uh, you you guys are offshore. I'm I'm here, ready to have the uh, the letter go through the uh, go through the letterbox tomorrow morning. Uh, if if not, a cease and desist. Uh, I think essentially uh wear what you've got buy well uh, now buying well is is something that is is hard you could you could buy a t-shirt that isn't so sustainably made but it will last you five years and it will be amazing so there's mm. definitely a balance there and it is hard with there's a certain amount of greenwashing going around uh there's a certain amount of people claiming things are sustainable because they've been made with recycled product but then the process to you know, to create that will be five times more intrusive than than the one to create a simple, uh, a simple race tee. So it is. Uh, I'll admit it is really hard. Uh, I'd guess, you know, if you the first thing is to think: Do I really need this? Do I really need a you know a third different running watch in two years? I'm not looking at myself at all there, but uh, there's definitely uh, you know choices that you make. Uh, Keeping trainers long beyond people, I think, tend to think that there's a certain amount of miles they can do in a pair of shoes, and it's really not the case. And uh, you can use things like pair ups where you can repair, like you know, slight cosmetic damage or a slight rip, uh, and, and get another five hundred miles, thousand miles out of those shoes. So I think there's just things like that when you start looking into. Uh, and I'd give uh, I'd, I'd give Damien Hall's recent book a, a, a plug there. Uh, if I wasn't having complete blindness of the name of it initially, but uh, he's talking about how how bad our impact, and he's he's admittedly talking about how he has as an innovate athlete, he has you know twenty eight, I think it was twenty six pairs of different running shoes, mm-hmm. and then when you actually look at how intrusive that manufacturing process is, you start to wonder if you really if you really need that extreme example, GB athlete, you know, uh, uh, spine race winner. Uh, not everybody has that many pairs of running shoes running around, but I guarantee that they probably have one or two more than they need if they're a, if they're a serious runner. And you really need like a, a road race pair, a road pair, trail to road pair, trail pair would be a, that'd be a big start if you could stick to sort of two, three different pairs of shoes bought well and, they, they, you know, that they would last. I think, yeah, around kit really. Uh, and just wash your kit more. If you've got, if you've got free running t-shirts, running t-shirts just wash them cool and wash them often instead of having to have you know 10 15 t-shirts lying in a drawer that realistically mm-hmm. are only there when you're really ramping up your training mm-hmm. well that's one of the keys to good kit actually is is how many washes can you get from it and uh we used to talk about it when i worked in the bike shop which sold um a lot of high-end kit people say oh, that's so expensive for a for a jacket or something and you'd say yeah but you go buy a cheaper one and and it'll last maybe one season and you'll wash it a ton and it'll fall apart and then you'll have to buy another one the next season but actually good kit should last you years years and years mm-hmm. and it's one thing actually when when working uh started working for for in and we obviously have 
race singlets and stuff that we that we use and um i think i still have my original ones and we just have three i have three or four singlets that i just rotate and you don't have to worry about you know ah oh, what which one am i going to wear today and whereas i used to have like five six on rotation and you just go because you know whatever you're feeling in your head that day but actually if you had the choice to have four really good ones you'd take that over having 10 you know crap ones that you keep buying more because they actually don't work mm. agreed other there's a uh, i was just going to say sorry there's a uh, there's a, an industry thing with races where people will post their flat lay the day before and yes yeah. all i want to see is the same photo every race right you are not doing a race every day so even if you just pick your one race tee, like, you know, you're going to wear different stuff during the week, but I'm going to wear this t-shirt for every race this year. There's, there is a bit of that consumerism, that fashion of, mm. of running, if you like. And all I want to see from people is the same t-shirt every time. Like, oh, it's just the numbers changed. Yeah, uh, It's not something I, uh, I post pictures of myself. But yeah, like, instead of it, you know, I'm wearing this one today, we've matched with these socks and these trainers, just like, I'm wearing this because this is what I wear to race for this year, next year, and until it isn't suitable to do so, that'd be a big, uh, that'd be a big change. And there's almost a, uh, a campaign for trees, not teas floating around in my head around that. And I just can't think of how to uh, incentivize it or to, to spread the message without being, like you say, we don't want to be anti running gear. We don't yeah. want people running out, running around without it or in an in insuitable kit. Uh, certainly. So it's always, again, a balance. We, we can't get you to name and shame any companies that are on your hit list, but can <laughs> you name any companies that you do support that, you know, produce, if you like, ethically sourced materials that, as close to carbon neutral as possible that last and are good quality? Is there anything that you like advocate? Yeah, I'd say uh, there's a few. Uh, unfortunately, I think Presco Sportswear are sort of taking a, uh, taking a step back uh, due to current sort of conditions but then there's skimitar which are uh, you know spoken with them at length and there's quite the uh thought process around how we how we source how we can how we can develop better uh, better kit uh innovate i think always mentioned have it as you know as high on their agenda as as making good shoes is making good shoes well mm-hmm. uh but then equally like i say whether it's sustainable or not i have i have a pair of ones that have been going for three years now and they will they will just last and last uh, if if treated you know if treated well uh, so there is like i say that balance of, of longevity against the manufacturing process and i guess it's something you need to weigh up as a as a yorkshireman i've learned very the hard way i think i took running as a uh, you know a low uh, a low entry point in terms of cost and i soon found out that was completely the opposite uh, started recycling but, your tea bags <laughs> yeah that's it equally equally uh, yeah, it's it's about sort of finding that right balance, as as, as I said previously. By buying, you know, I don't want to be spending like two hundred pounds on a on a race tee or anything like that. I know that's a bit excessive. Some of the some of the on running kit is very expensive, but mm. uh, of of what I bought of it, it has lasted and lasted. And and there's other bits that I bought previous that hasn't been worn as much, and it just you know sort of dropped apart. So mm. not going to name and shame, but there's a few there that I'd, I'd go especially like. Montaigne, I think some some great. I've got some great kit of Montaigne that looks like I could put that back on a shelf now in a in a store, and somebody would buy it, assuming it was brand new, and it's been it's been worn for the best part of a year. Yeah, I guess there's always a market as well for for secondhand stuff, isn't there? I know I got a a Solomon twenty five liter 
running pack. Uh, that I don't think they make it anymore, to be honest, but I bought it on a Facebook group. I was like, I'm so happy I got this because it was, you know, it's never going to find it anywhere else ever again. Now they don't make it. So I've got this fantastic bag. I've been using it for years and years and it's, it's going to last me, I think, for the rest of my life. Genuinely. Yeah, and bits, bits, bits like that. <laughs> yeah, bit, bits Thank like you. that, your you running pack, they need to be, they are, a, they should be a once in a, once in a lifetime thing or, you know, maybe you need a, uh, you know, a bigger pack for a bigger event, but those two should, you know, should last you. It shouldn't be something that you need to replace every now and again. I appreciate it's it's quite hard with running kit more than most because I think you can go and try on a pair of trainers in a in a store that you're going to wear for, you know, kicking about town and you know if they're comfy or not straight away. Mm-hmm. Whereas with with runners, you're only going to know once you've been out in them. I've got a, a, a pair of Solomon sort of heavy trail uh, I think they're cross speed down here that I've worn about four times and then I wore them for a 21k event and they are just not they're just not for my feet so they're going to be once once I get them cleaned up they're going to be going on a uh, either a swap page or if somebody wants them they can have them kind of thing and initiatives like that are out there as well mm. uh, there was there was a rerun that was that was organized by by Dan Lawson again another legendary trail runner and, and climate evangelist and they were just absolutely swamped with with gear uh, so there are initiatives out there that uh, that will take you know gear that you don't want and, and repurpose it for something else, and I think that's a big part of it because especially when you get to you know when you're bothering podiums and brands start giving you gear, you're going to have loads of it. Uh, if you're not wearing it or if you're not wearing the old stuff because you need to be seen in this, give it away, get it on a get it on a secondhand website, and uh, yeah, let's let somebody else use it. You took stuff to Kenya, didn't you? Yeah, we take took stuff shoes. to Kenya. Yeah, always take shoes there. And, um, yeah, we've got like any, uh, yeah, cleaners or I give it out to the stuff in the community. They were walking around in next level kit, <laughs> best looking community we have. But mate, I think, as you say, it's, it's a choice thing. People have to make that choice and not be put off by sometimes the effort it takes to, to be a bit greener. Um, where do you uh, have any recommendations if people want to you know, make a few more changes and, and live a bit greener where they can go to, to, to find some more resources and how to do it. Well, uh, I would say if they want to enter green races, they can go to the trees, not Tees website and find out a race calendar, and then they can register for events that are going to be offering uh, trees, not Tees as part of their, uh, their reg platform uh, in terms of, in, in terms of sort of going out there again, I, I mentioned uh, any of the, any of the books by Damien Hall, uh, nice audio book to listen to while you're running around uh eventually all my running is now listening to running books so I've, i think i've come uh i think i class myself as full runner now if not athlete <laughs> uh but yeah i think just uh yeah I'm, I'm i'm drawing a blank to be honest on on any any given resource but uh if you follow uh trees not teas follow people like the green runners and and they're pumping out a lot of advice and and help and and it's being part of that community i think that really uh yeah, you then see people sharing those articles and and, and giving their opinion and uh, yeah, awesome. Just get involved. We'll put those links in the in the show notes. Lovely. Um, Rob's going to go now and figure out how many running t-shirts are given out per year around the world. Yeah. Jamie, thank you very much for coming on. I think part of being, as I said, part of the initiative, just making people aware is is so key. Um, I didn't actually realize how much water was used to yeah, create two and a half t-shirts. liters. Mad. Um, so yeah, thank you very much for coming on, mate. And, uh, we, yeah, look forward to seeing bees, not bags. (laughs) 
bees, bees not bags come in 2024 yeah thanks so much for having me guys it's been great thank you welcome mate